strange future, a 23rd century guide for the 21st century cynic by Josh Smith. With me, Carl Friedman, as your narrator. The group entered through the heavy steel door and walked up to their rooms. They planned on meeting downstairs again in two hours to figure out what to do for dinner and discuss any questions they may have. Lila and Darren went into their rooms, leaving Doug, Vera, and Thomas standing together talking about what they'd seen. I don't know. The fact that all the robotic technology seems so stupid is pretty disappointing. I guess it's fine overall since the other technology is intriguing, especially the pods thing. Can't wait to see how that works. I guess my vision of the future always included a lot of intelligent robots, and without them, it seems strangely empty. I never really cared about technology. I knew that would always march on undaunted. I mainly worried that people would become either bloody idiots or completely immobile due to so much automation and lack of any imagination. So I'm just happy to find that's not the case. I'm not sure how I feel about all this genetic altering. It's just not right. Not too sure I like all of this technology. I mean, a lot of it is something I can see being a good idea, but some of it goes too far. Those coffee bots, for instance, are pretty terrible, and the way that Darren and Lila acted like they didn't care about the fact that so many people got lost with that pods thing is horrifying. Otherwise, I guess the future is okay, and hey, I can finally get a flying car. They talked a bit more about trivial little things before Vera announced that she was going to her room to rest. They said their goodbyes and she closed the door. I think I'm going to do the same. He walked down the hall, found his room key, and opened the door. He collapsed on the bed and woke up with a start about an hour and a half later. Fortunately, he wasn't due to the lab for another ten minutes. He stared at the ceiling momentarily, pondering over everything he had seen. There had been so much that it was nearly overwhelming, and he wasn't quite sure about the meaning of most of it. Why were those people talking into thin air? Were the pods really safe enough to use? Were there other robots out there enforcing laws? Was he going to have to watch every step he made, every word he said? His mind continued assembling questions that he wanted to ask. He was just hoping that he could remember them. He got up and made his way down to the lab again. The rest of the gang was already there. Oh, good. Right on time. We were just about to discuss languages. Yeah, I noticed that so many people weren't speaking English, and I was wondering if it was no longer the most spoken language in the city. As I was telling them, there's still no official language, but the most common ones are English and Chinese, followed closely by Spanish. Chinese? I figured Spanish would be right up there, but Chinese? Well, she was just about to explain it when you came in. Thomas took the hint and decided to just sit down and listen quietly, rather than to keep interjecting, holding his own questions for later. As I was saying, there was a huge Chinese immigration to North America sometime around the middle of the 21st century, after the end of World War III. There was a Third World War, Thomas shouted, vetoing his earlier decision. Well, yeah. The economy collapsed in 2036, after all the oil ran out, and the government started the war as a jolly good way to rejuvenate the economy. It worked surprisingly well in that respect, but backfired in that it caused all the world governments to collapse. That, though, ended up being a good thing, too, 
because against all odds, the entire earth ended up uniting under one new system of government. So there's no such thing as the United States anymore? Not really, no. The new government copied some of the methods of the United States, but ended up improving them substantially. The three branches of government that you are all familiar with are no longer used. No president? Nope, just a congressional body, judicial system, and whatever agencies they create. Fascinating. So when you keep saying the government did this or that, you're saying a complete world government? Yep. Pangea began in 2052 and has been running relatively smoothly since then. There's no such thing as a third world country anymore. And everything now follows a set of universal standards. So things are the same no matter where you go in the world. It sounds too good to be true. It is. There must be something wrong somewhere. Well, it's certainly not perfect. Sounds pretty good to me. But anyhow, that's why we have to get you guys ID numbers. You'll need them to travel. Plus, you must have it to get your implant. Implant? implant. Yeah. It's required by law that everyone get their implant by school age. So we'll have to get you one as soon as possible. And just what does this implant have in it? Thomas asked, afraid of the answer once again. Lila turned to Darren and let him answer it since he knew a lot more about it than she did. It basically contains everything about a person. Their ID number, name, medical history, an electronic copy of their DNA, primary language spoken, current address, all that stuff. Oh, great. So any Joe Blow can walk up to me, give my name and address for my implant, and come axe murder me later at his convenience? That's just wonderful. Technological progress at its finest. Calm down. It's not exactly like that. The implants can communicate back and forth, but only certain information can be publicly obtained. I can see information about Lila from her implant, but only her name, ID number, and primary language. Only health officials and government workers can access some of the other information. Seriously? That's awesome! Finally! Some technology that makes sense! How do you see the information? Well, the implant uses electromagnetic radiation to project an image onto your visual cortex. Usually it's just plain text, but occasionally pictures and stuff can be displayed. Cool! Well, why would it show you someone's ID number? Shouldn't that information be private? Thomas protested, ignoring the other parts that he didn't understand. I don't want someone knowing my ID number, especially if it functions like a social security number. It's not a secret number. Anyone can know it, but only you can use it because it's included in your implant and there's only one you. No one could possibly steal it unless they create a fake implant, and those are virtually impossible to make. Besides, you couldn't call or email anyone if you didn't know their ID number. The devil's email addresses and phone numbers? Yeah. It replaces mailing addresses, too. If you want to send Lila a card, you just stick her ID number on the envelope and the correct destination will be looked up and added at the post office. So this means that this implant also doubles as a cell phone. Doug was catching on to this idea fairly quickly. Thomas was, too, unfortunately, and suddenly realized why all those people on the street seemed to be talking into thin air. He groaned. Uh, yep, you got it. Thomas put his head in his hands. You're crazy. I'm not letting the government stick something into my head that does who knows what. You do what you want, but I'm certainly not going to let myself get sucked into this madness. Thomas stood up and stormed out of the lab, leaving the others behind, bewildered and confused. He tramped up the stairs to his room and shut the door behind him. 
I can't believe it. He couldn't understand how Doug and Vera were so willing to be inducted into this mess. He sat on the bed and kicked off his shoes, letting them fall to the floor. This was groupthink at its finest. Doug and Vera were just blindly accepting whatever they were told. He scoffed. I'm certainly not going to be taken in. Not by any means, no sir, he thought to himself. Just then, someone knocked on the door. Oh, they've come to convince me. Oh, we'll just see about that. He stood and walked over, opened the door, and saw Lila standing there alone. He stared at her silently for a while, attempting to put on a mean face, but failing to do so. It would have been much easier if the guys were there. He could have focused his rage on them, but it was hard for him to treat a woman badly. Hi, Thomas. Can I come in? Thomas wanted to stand firm and determined. Look her straight in the eyes and tell her that, no, in fact, she could not come in because she was not going to change his mind. He straightened up, made his best determined face, looked straight into her deep brown pleading eyes and melted. Sure, I guess. He relinquished his post at the door and allowed her to enter. Thanks. She looked around to figure out where to sit and finally decided to sit on the end of the bed. Thomas placed himself in a lounge chair adjacent to where Lila had settled in. They sat in an awkward silence for a while. Finally, Lila decided to speak. Look, Thomas, I know you're probably a little put off by everything, and it's understandable. Things have changed a lot in 200 years. Yeah. To expect you to adapt and change so fast is a lot to ask. Yeah. And it's rather unfair in a way, too. Yeah. But... Didn't you go into this knowing that it would be this way? Well, yes, but... Your friends need you to be there for them, too. It's not as easy for them as you might think. Darren is down there still explaining things about the implant to them, and they still feel like they don't want to get it. But Doug was acting like it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, he was just impressed by the technology. After you stormed out, he expressed his concern about privacy, among other things. You can't jump to conclusions so quickly. This is a learning process for all of us, and we need to cooperate and work together so that we can fully understand each other. So what are we going to do? I don't know. You'll have to make that decision yourself. I suspect that if you wait a while and then go talk to Doug and Vera, the three of you will be able to agree on something. I don't know if this helps or not, but I've had the implant since I started school, and I've never had a problem with it. Thomas sat in silence, thinking things over. Anyhow, I'd better go. You're going to need time to figure things out. She got up and walked towards the door. Hey, Lila. Yeah? Thanks. No problem. She said, smiling sweetly as she left. Thomas wasn't sure what had just happened, but Lila seemed to put everything at ease in his mind. He still felt nervous about the whole thing, but her perspective seemed so fair, so balanced. Making assumptions about Doug and Vera wasn't right. They needed to stick together. It was almost embarrassing how quickly he had forgotten Frank's advice. He had to go find Doug and Vera and figure out what they were going to do. Thomas got up and walked over to the door, flung it open, and discovered a surprised-looking Doug and Vera standing on the other side. Oh, hi. Um, hey. So, Vera and I were discussing this implant thing... Yeah? Uh, we're not entirely sure we want to do it, though. What do you think? Well, I really hated the idea at first, but Lila gave me some more information. 
and some things to think about. It seems like a terrible idea from a privacy standpoint, but everyone has one now. If we don't get one, we'd stand out more than those who do have one. Not to mention, we wouldn't be able to travel anywhere together. Yeah, that's basically what we figured too. Doug thinks we should go ahead and do it, but I'm still not sure. Don't get me wrong, I'm not completely convinced either. But it's one of those all or nothing things. Either we all do it, or none of us do it. I agree. If we don't all get it, that's just going to break us apart. What are we coming here for anyhow? To see the future. To have an opportunity for a better life. We should have known that there would be issues like this that would come up. If we're going to do what we came here to do, we're just going to have to accept it and go with the flow. Thomas stood silent. It all made sense to him, and he was prepared to agree. But Vera still seemed to be waffling. Well... She stood there, shifting her weight from one foot to the other. I guess so. Yeah, I'll do it. Good. Doug turned and looked at Thomas questioningly, waiting for his response. Yeah, I'll do it too. Cool. We're supposed to let Darren and Lila know what we decide. I'll go tell them now. I'm exhausted. So I'm going to bed. See you tomorrow. She walked down the hall to her room. Well, that was easy, Thomas said to himself as he closed his door. What will the trip to the government ID office bring? Are the implants actually a cause for concern or is Thomas just overreacting? Why is Lila able to convince Thomas of things so easily? Stay tuned to the next installments of Strange Future to find out. In that episode of Strange Future, Carl Friedman was the narrator. Dustin Smith was Thomas Gordon. Rachel Smith was Lila. Becky Cook was Vera. Ross Blavelt was Darren. And Josh Smith was Doug. <laughs> 